We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat shalom. Uh, the year before I started rabbinical school, which coincidentally was the year that I uh, met Adira, uh, I was studying in the conservative yeshiva in Jerusalem. Uh, the founding, one of the founding directors of which uh, you have the opportunity to uh, meet and learn from on Sunday at the religious school, if you are so inclined. He'll be teaching about uh, Passover uh, at, and the Haggadah at uh, 10 o'clock. It should be a great session, uh, providing a lot of insights uh, that uh, will be useful for your Seder. Um, I was studying at the conservative yeshiva, and I decided that uh, I, I wanted to take on a personal learning project on top of uh, what I was already learning at the conservative yeshiva. Uh, and uh, that was not enough, apparently, for what I was learning. I needed to, to do more on top of it. I felt like I had gaps that I wanted to fill in in my, in my knowledge, in my education. Uh, I felt like there was, uh, there was a depth and background in, uh, in, in traditional Jewish texts that I just wasn't familiar enough with yet. So I decided uh, to uh, study the entire Mishnah. Okay. This was a suggestion, actually, that, uh, that Dr. Kolb made for me. He said that you really can't understand Talmud. You can't understand rabbinic literature if you don't have a familiarity with the Mishnah. So uh, I decided to study the entire Mishnah. Uh, for those of you who know, if, as, you're, as you're preparing for your Passover seders, you might sing Echad Mi Yodea, uh, Who Knows One. And when you get up to number six, Who Knows Six? Shisha Sidre Mishnah. There are six orders of the Mishnah, six volumes of the Mishnah. It's not a short book, okay? Uh, it's not one book, it's six books, it's not short. So I decided that I would learn a chapter a day of Mishnah. It ended up taking me two years at that pace to learn the whole Mishnah. It's an incredible experience. If you haven't ever learned Mishnah, uh, I commend it to you. It is definitely worth your time. A chapter a day may be uh, a, a little too rich for some of your blood. I understand that. Study one Mishnah a day. One little passage from the Mishnah per day. That'll take you longer than two years to finish it, but it will. Uh, you will not regret a moment of it. The I, I bring this up, and I was thinking about this, because of the very last Mishnah. I was very excited to uh, get to this uh, point where I was going to complete the Mishnah. And each subsequent Mishnah, except for a couple of handful that I already knew what they were and where they were, um, each new Mishnah was a surprise to me to learn what was going to come next in, uh, this, uh, in this great work of rabbinic literature, the foundation of what rabbinic Judaism stands upon. And the very last Mishnah, 
which comes in tractate called Uktsin. Uh, the uh, sixth of the six orders of Mishnah is Seder Taharot, uh, which deals with uh, most things that are not relevant to day-to-day Jewish life today, uh, but are nevertheless a living part of rabbinic consciousness. Uh, all of the things having to do with purity laws and uh, the sacrificial system, the things that we learn in our Torah portion today, even though the rabbis lived at a time where those things did not exist anymore, they were still a living part of the consciousness of the rabbis. And the last Mishnah, however, of the entire Mishnah and of that tractate Tarot doesn't have to do with that topic of things dealing with purity in the sacrificial system. Here's the last Mishnah of Tarot, the last Mishnah of uh, Tractate Uktsin. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta Amar, Lo matza hakarash baruchu kli machazik brachal Yisrael ela hashalom. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta says, the holy blessing one, did not find a vessel that could hold a blessing for Israel except for peace. Shinamar, Hashem oz le'amo yitain, Hashem yivarech et amo bashalom. As it says, the eternal will give strength unto God's people, the eternal will bless God's people with peace. There is no vessel that could contain blessing for Israel except peace. In other words, there is nothing that is more important in the Jewish consciousness. Nothing that secures blessing for the Jewish people. Nothing that ensures Jewish continuity or the Jewish mission in the world or the purpose for Jews to be alive except for peace. It's the only vessel that God could create that could contain blessing for the children of Israel is peace. And if you are to think about that for a moment, you would recognize that peace is a prevalent thread throughout virtually all of Judaism. Our Torah portion today has this line in it that says, Zot ha-Torah le'ola le'mincha u'lechatat u'le'asham u'le'miluim u'le'zevach ha-shlamim. This is the Torah. This is the instruction for the olah, the burnt offering, for the mincha, for the meal offering, uh, for the chatat, for the purification offering, for the asham, for the uh, guilt offering, ve'lamiluim, for the uh, for the offering of service of the priest, ve'lezevach ha-shlamim. And for the peace offering, for the goodwill offering, the shlamim offering, the peace offering. And the rabbinic tradition, and especially the Hasidic tradition, they see that phrase where it says, Zota Torah, this is the Torah. And at the end of that line, it says, Zota Torah, le blah, 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 hashlamim. They see that as saying, Zota Torah, this is the Torah. And the conclusion of the Torah, the chatimah of the Torah, the end of that phrase is shalom, is peace. And so, a Hasidic master uh, who goes by Divrei Yaakov says the following, Gadol ha-shalom, great is peace. Shekol ha-brachot ve-hatovot ve-hanechamot she-hakadosh baruch hu mevi'in al Yisrael chotmin b'shalom. Great is peace because all of the blessings and all of the goodness and all of the uh, pleasantries that the Holy Blessing One brings for Israel are concluded with shalom, are concluded with peace. The Kriyat Shema, 
in the recitation of the Shema, the last blessing we say after reciting the Shema in the evening is, if you are familiar with it, Hapores Sukkot Shalom, blessing God who spreads over us God's canopy of peace. Batfilah in the Amidah, Oseh HaShalom, the last blessing that we say in the Amidah is Baruch Atah Hashem, Oseh HaShalom. Blessed are you, God, the maker of peace. The Birkat Kohanim, in the priestly blessing, which, archaeologists will tell you, is the oldest known blessing in all of Jewish tradition. They have found scrolls, little metal parchments, that were strung on necklaces in the 6th century with the words of Birkat Kohanim on it. We know of no older biblical text, written biblical text, than that. And the last line of Birkat Kohanim, shout it out if you know it. Ve'yasem lecha shalom. Right? May God grant you peace. Because everything the Hasidic master says goes according to the end of something, the conclusion of something. The essence of a thing is the last thing you say. When I want to drive home a point, it's going to be the last thing I say. That's the most important thing. So we can always start something in brotherhood and love. The essence of the importance of a thing is how something concludes. And the most important things in Judaism, consistently, the recitation of the Shema, the Amida, the, uh, uh, the priestly blessing, Birkat HaMazon, the Seder, we'll get to that in a second, end with a bracha for Shalom. And so our tradition is saying through the lens of this obscure verse in our Torah portion, that Zolta Torah, that's the Torah. The Torah is shalom. The Torah is arguing, advocating for peace. Ultimately, that's the most important thing. Peace is the most important thing. But it's not enough to just say that peace is of primary importance in the Jewish tradition. Peace is an ideal, sure, but peace doesn't just happen on its own. Many of you have lived through one of the most terrible wars to ever exist in human history. And we know that left to the world's own devices, peace doesn't just happen. It's not for nothing, and because we are approaching Easter, I will give him his due. That Jesus in the Beatitudes says a very Jewish thing. He says a number of very Jewish things, but this is one very Jewish thing that Jesus says in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Because it's not enough to just say that shalom is a virtue, but you actually have to proactively make Peace. And in our tradition, blessed are the peacemakers. If you don't care for Jesus' formulation of it, if you want proof that this is a Jewish idea, look no further than uh, the sage Hillel in the Mishnah, 
who says, Be like the students of Aaron the priest, the disciples of Aaron the priest. Ohev shalom, verodef shalom, ohev etabriot, umekorvan Torah. You should love peace, and you should pursue peace. You should love people and bring them close to the Torah. But remember what the Hasidic tradition says about our Torah portion today. The, the Torah, Zota Torah, Shlamim. To bring people close to Torah is in itself an act of bringing about and making people come closer to peace. It is in itself an aspect of peacemaking. We say at the conclusion of, uh, of the service on Saturday morning in traditional congregations, sometimes we say it here, sometimes we don't, right? That, uh, that, uh, that the students of Torah increase peace in the world. And our children who learn Torah, we should not call them our children, but rather our builders, because they will be builders of peace. Because to be a real disciple of Torah is to be an advocate, an activist, a maker of peace. And so blessed are, the, are those who pursue, who pursue peace with North Korea. Blessed are those who pursue an end to Iran's nuclear weapons program. Blessed are those who march in Northern California for an end to uh, police shootings of unarmed black men. Blessed are those who march this morning in Washington, D.C. and here in Richmond for an end to the scourge of gun violence in our country. Blessed are the peacemakers. At the Passover Seder, we express this in ritual form. We spend the first half of the Seder talking about how great it is that we have been redeemed from Egypt. And then after dinner, after everybody's bellies are full, after we've concluded that celebration, we don't end the Seder there. Instead, we open up the door for Elijah the prophet, who we read about in this morning's Haftorah portion. Elijah, in our tradition, is a harbinger of the Messianic era, an era that is ultimately marked by the fulfillment of the promise of peace. And we open the door for Elijah at the Seder because we say that our redemption, the redemption that we celebrate at the beginning of the Seder, is incomplete. It's not complete until everybody is free. It's not complete until everybody is safe. It's not complete until everybody can reside under his or her own fig tree and vine and not be afraid, not be afraid of scourges of violence, not be afraid to go to the movie theater, not be afraid to go to school, not be afraid to go to a concert outdoors because of fear of what might come. Redemption is incomplete, we say in the Haggadah, until there is ultimate peace, until there is peace between each and every one of us and between each and every nation. And so we open the door for Elijah because our ritual is incomplete until we open up the possibilities in our lives, among our families, in our communities, and around the world for peace. There is no blessing, no vessel that can contain blessing for Israel except for peace. 
There is nothing that secures our well-being except for peace. And it's not enough to just pray for it. You actually have to get out there and make it. And so in conclusion, I want to invite everyone to please rise. And join with me in your prayer book on page 178, a prayer responsively for peace, recognizing in the spirit of our Torah portion that prayer alone is not enough, but prayer ought to be a motivation for action. May the words that we utter this morning inspire our arms and our legs and our voices to fulfill the teaching of Hillel that we should be the disciples of Aaron, lovers of peace, pursuers of peace, lovers of people, and those who bring them close to a Torah that is, in the end, about peace. May we see the day when war and bloodshed cease, when a great peace will embrace the whole world. The nation will not threaten nation, and the human family will not again know war. For all who live on earth shall realize we have not come into being to hate or to destroy. We have come into being to praise, to labor, and to love. Compassionate God, bless the leaders of all nations with the power of compassion. Fulfill the promise conveyed in Scripture. I will bring peace to the land, and you shall lie down, and no one shall terrify you. I will rid the land of vicious beasts, and it shall not be ravaged by war. Let justice and righteousness flow like a mighty stream. Let God's peace fill the earth as the waters fill the sea. And let us say, 